Welcome to the Swim Swam Breakdown. As always, I'm your host, Coleman Hodges, coming to you from the Midwest today. I'm in Columbia, Missouri, in my hometown, and you got it. That means we've got practice and pancakes from the University of Missouri coming up. We're also taking a trip down to Springfield, Missouri. You may not have heard of it, but you have heard of Drury University, where resident sprint savant Carol Ostrowski, who just entered the transfer portal, we're going to see a workout from him later this week. We'll talk about his transfer a lit a, a bit later. We are joined today by Swim Swam Associate Editor Tori Hart from downtown sunny Oakland, California, and Swim Swam Numbers Expert Barry Revson from Chicago, Illinois. Barry, Tori, how's your weekend? You guys do anything fun? Weekend was great. Super relaxing. Um, other than some work going on in my apartment, which is why I'm here at my parents' house in my childhood bedroom. But it's now an office which with much nicer podcasting gear than I have at my place. So when in Rome, you know, break out the headset. I dig the new look, Barry. Yeah, mine was great. Report. <laughs> uh, I got to fly to New York, got to see one of my oldest friends get married. It was a beautiful venue. Couldn't, couldn't ask for anything more than that. That's, that's amazing. I was also, I'm also home for a wedding. <clears throat> so, uh, it was a weekend of love, a weekend of swimming the season. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so let's get into some news. Uh, first off, we saw the 2021 short course European championships wrap up bit of an odd meet just because there were obviously some fast swims, but I feel like only half of Europe was there because of ISL and because of short course worlds and other things. So it was, was kind of weird just in terms of players, but we did see four world records go down. Ilya Shamanovich in the 50 breasts, Sebastian Sabo in the 50 fly, both tied the current world records while the Dutch team in the mixed 200 medley relay and the Italian men in the 200 medley relay both cracked new world records there. Of the four world records we saw in Kazan, which impressed you all the most? Tori, let's start with you. For me, it was definitely that 50 breast record from, from Shimanovich. That was a record that stood since 2009, a Cameron Vanderberg record. Uh, one of the older ones on the books here. And, and to me, the relay is not much to, to call home about. I mean, we don't see those swum that often, so not that unusual to see a world record there. But absolutely, that 12-year-old record from Shimanovich getting broken, it's good stuff. Barry, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm de I'm definitely with Tori there. I think I think the individual records, even though they were just tied, uh, are are much more impressive. I mean, these are events that are swum all the time, especially now that we have ISL. Um, I mean, the ISL has uh, the the relays, but they're all 400 relays. We don't have the 200 relays there, um, and so I mean, it's especially been pretty exciting with the 50 fly, seeing how many times Santos and Shaba have gone 21.8, 21.8. Um, so so finally seeing. Uh, Shadow hit that time and then maybe being able to see both of them uh, do it again in the playoffs and see what happens. And same with like, we've, we've had the three breaststrokers going like 25, two, 25, three all over the place. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's pretty exciting to finally see that time go down. Um, yeah. Look, I hear you, <clears throat> the, especially the Vanderberg record. It was impressive, but I, for me, it was the Italian record all the way. It was the, the men's Italian team. Uh, we, as you guys have said, we've seen these fifties swum a lot more. We've seen Zabo and Ilya both, you know, become sprint maestros in their respective 50 events. And so I feel like this was just 
a matter of time before these records went down. Whereas this Italian <laughs> men's team uh, with, with Nicolo, who's had an amazing season already, Marco Orsi, who's kind of just this like sprint wild card who can, who can do it all if it's a hundred or less. And then Lorenzo Zazzeri just popped out of nowhere, splits 20.2, one of the fastest splits in history uh, to nab this, what was a Russian world record um, who Kolesnikov was on that relay, Morozov, Karel Pragoda. I mean, that was, that was a legit relay. And to see these young guys kind of, kind of get it. I was most impressed by that, but uh, that, that, that was short course euros in a nutshell. Those were the highlight swims moving on to the real meat and potatoes of this show today. The ISL playoffs are starting this weekend in Eindhoven, and, and now we know we also have the ISL final the following weekend after the playoffs conclude, also in Eindhoven. So first of all, uh, all of the ISL teams are short-staffed. Uh, no team will be bringing a full roster of 32 athletes. Every team is leaving players behind, or, or rather some players will not be joining. First of all, um, Barry, how do you think this will affect the battle for that fourth spot? We're assuming London Energy and Cali are kind of locks for the ISL final, but Toronto and LA really look like they both have a good shot. Uh, what are you seeing for them in terms of their not totally full rosters and how that affects their chances for the final? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I think that's going to be like a big story over, over the next month is, is who's there and who's not there. I mean, I know LA is getting Ryan Murphy and Christian Golomea back. That's, that's huge for them. I mean, they, they really missed out on that. Um, I don't know how much of a lock London is necessarily. Um, but the fact that, I mean, we know for sure they're getting Pagoda back and that's huge because they've been, they've been so weak in, in the men's breaststroke um, side of things. And, and it's not clear if, if PD is coming back, that would, that would obviously also fill in that gap pretty well. Um, and yeah, like I don't, I don't really know how that's going to play out. I think it's kind of an unfortunate that we just don't get to see uh, everyone compete. Um, and we know like the Campbell sisters probably aren't going to be there either for London, and that's that's a that's a huge name to to kind of continue to miss. Um, so I don't know. Obviously, uh, Cali gets gets Flickinger back. That's that's huge. As if they needed any more firepower, they get one of the top scorers back from last season. Um, energy is also kind of totally OP. So whoever shows up for them is, is probably going to be sufficient. Um, but I think, yeah, it's probably LA, Toronto, London for those, uh, third and third and fourth spots. And then, you know, we'll see what the other teams can, can throw down. And just to recap, just in case any of our listeners aren't avid, strictly come dancing fans like ourselves, Adam PD was at long last eliminated from the show. Unclear exactly when he's planning to return to the pool. He has said he is but we don't have confirmation from the team that he will in fact show up for the playoffs. So that's where the speculation is coming from here. A complete travesty of dancing. <clears throat> I, 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 I thought he was going to win it all. <laughs> We've discussed it many times, but alas, <laughs> his journey on strictly come dancing has come to an end, uh, which is very sad. We're going to get to, if we think he will show up for the ISL playoffs in a bit. Um, but for for the players that we've seen throughout the regular season, um, or at least parts of it, what are you guys most excited to see? What what matchups um, are you looking forward to come these ISL playoffs, especially after World Cup, after Short Course Heroes? I mean, for I me, like for sure, it's that it's that hundred free. 
I mean, after after Chalmers got got close a couple of times, then finally threw down that forty four eight. I mean, I there there is no race I'm I'm more looking forward to than seeing that happen a few more times. Um, I don't remember what the schedule is off the top of my head, or if London and Cali actually actually meet lots of times or meet never. Um, it's kind of a, a weird setup with the round robin, but not really aspect of the schedule. Um, so so I'm hoping we get to see that lineup um, more more times than never. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I said last week, I think ISL should just go full pay-per-view with Chalmers versus Dressel, just set him up, um, especially with this added uh, twist that Caleb appears to have gotten a full leg sleeve tattoo um, in the downtime since the regular season ended. May or may not have spent a little bit of time out of the water. Who knows? Maybe he gets his superpowers from the tattoos. We'll see. Uh but yeah, I mean, that's the obvious headliner. I think, you know, if PD does show up, um, Chimanovich versus PD could be the new marquee matchup with a new uh, world record holder uh, in the house. But yeah, hard hard to overlook Chalmers versus Dressel. And, and kind of a, like a less of a marquee matchup since, you know, neither of these town teams are necessarily going to make the final is the, I, I do want to see the Shabo versus Santos in the 50 fly now that they're the co-world record holders. Um, and they're both so far ahead of everyone else, even in the field, that 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 would be also like a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, with with Sabo on the Centurion, Santos on Team Iron, is that right? Yeah. Um, do you do you guys see any of those kind of second tier teams making noise in these playoffs? I mean, what what are you what are you predicting from DC, from Aqua, from Iron? Uh, I mean, I think we'll see some good swims from a lot of the teams. I mean, I think I think the teams, they don't really have the depth to, to compete with some of the top teams, but they still have the stars. I mean, we'll still see uh, we'll still see like a great 400 IM from Bailey Anderson um, from DC. We'll still see like individual, uh, very like highlight reel kind of performances. Um, but like, I don't, I don't see DC or Aqua or Iron really uh being very competitive for, for that final spot. Um, I mean, Aqua had some like very good matchups uh, over the course of the season. Um, but now that especially, uh, it, it, I think could have been a lot more interesting with LA if like Ryan Murphy and Golden have didn't show up. Um, but now that they have those extra people, I don't, I don't think that, uh, I, I don't think that Aqua is quite, quite there. For me, I think at this point for those teams, I'm looking less at where will they place in the ISL and more at some of the, the larger storylines around members of their team. I think a good example would be uh, Katinka Hosu listed on um, Iron's roster, but as we know, she didn't compete in the regular season, though she was generally around the team. And I think just as far as uh, the narrative of the career of one of the you know biggest names in the sports history goes, I'm just curious to see, does, does she show up and, um, and in what form does she show up in if she does so? I hope she swims. And that's, I, I always love watching her swim. So I, I hope to see it there for, if, if nothing other than purely selfish reasons. It'd be great to, to see Katinka swim. We have so many like greatest of all time level fe- athletes on the female side. I'm super stoked to see McKeon, Showstrom, Renomi go at it in the 50 and hundred free, especially because you have the two, well, I got Kate Campbell world record holder in a hundred won't be there. But Renomi has it in the 50. Showstrom obviously is has put up some of the fastest times in history. McKeon is on a total tear. Um, so I think those would be really great races to watch as well. And again, getting to see them compete back to back to back so many times. Do you think I, I want to play hypotheticals 
what would it take for DC Iron or Aqua to make the ISL final to be one of the top four teams? What would it take for any of those teams? Barry, I know you know the answer to this for DC, so maybe we start there. What would it take for DC to make the ISL final? Yeah, so the the way that swimming differs, I think, in a lot of other sports is that there's just not as much randomness, right? Like if you have, uh, you know, I see I see the Oakland A's banner hanging behind Tori. You know, the worst team in baseball is going to beat the best team in baseball some percentage of the time. I don't know what that is because I'm not a baseball fan, but I, I imagine it's at least 20. Um, you, you know, there's there's just like a lot of inherent noise, but but in swimming, the the faster person is going to win the race like 99% of the time. And then if you if you add on to that the fact that we have what 39 events, um, which does a lot to significantly reduce the variance, uh, even if there really was much variance to begin with. Um, so so there just isn't a lot of room in this environment for like a weaker team to be competitive against a, a stronger team. Um, and so, so what would it take for, for like a team like DC to make the playoffs? Um, you know, I think if everyone swam a best time uh, in every event, uh, pretty much, um, I think, I think we need like that, that kind of caliber of performance from them. Um, and even that might not even be sufficient. I mean, there's a lot of events that they have people that, that are very competitive, like, you know, if Andreas Vazayas just just blows up like we've seen him do time time and time again, um, and then they put him in like five more events than usual, like some something like that. Um, but I, you know, with with the rosters that we have uh, on the teams, like I just, you know, I I, I don't think there's there's any chance. Uh, sorry, DC. Fair enough. Do you do you do you see uh, Aqua or Iron even even having the slimmest of margin of getting past? LA, London, and or you know, LA, London, and Toronto, two of those three. I think Aqua does actually have like a slim chance, probably. Um, they have enough firepower that uh, you know, if they're really on in their top events, they can get those like huge jackpot points, right? Like, especially in the breaststrokes. And if if for some reason they get really lucky and the skins end up being breaststroke, for instance, if no one's paying any attention at all to the picks at the end and they kind of luck luck into that um that that could help them a lot um because they have they have that opportunity to score like all those points right like if Shabo comes in and scores like 37 points in the 50 fly like he's certainly capable of doing um and and Martinengi does the same thing and Carrara does the same thing and they have enough events that they can get these huge uh swingy points um and kind of try to survive in the rest that I you know there's probably like a small chance that they they could do it um I don't think it's likely but it's at least feasible. <laughs> I hear the pain in your voice, just trying to make a case for them there. Feasible it could happen. It could happen. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I feel like that would be the best thing from a fan's perspective to see would be one of the, one of those bottom three teams, you know, somehow just go on a tear and, you know, sneak into that final again, iron, probably has a exceedingly slim chance of that but like with so many dutch athletes on their team with tom DeBoer and renomi it's like i feel like they might have get a little home crowd advantage kind of like we saw aqua have at times and you know really really go off but again it is a playoff situation where it's like it's not just one match like the play-in right you have to have kind of that sustained success 
I mean, I was at that uh, that first match this season, and the crowd was definitely an aqua crowd. I mean, that was that was just pretty cool to see that kind of environment uh, at a swim meet. And uh, Renomi talked a lot about how uh, excited she was to have have uh, the the playoffs in her hometown. Um, so so maybe she takes the opportunity to really just throw down. Um, that would that would be very cool to see. I'm 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 all about it. I guess we'll see. Uh, what we won't see is. Uh, swim swams 2021 all eliminated isl team uh we made we wrote this article it was the top swimmers missing from the playoffs um obviously it, it includes uh, athletes from the tokyo frog kings and new york breakers who are you most bummed about not seeing um in these 2021 isl playoffs tori Diaseta is the clear pick. I mean, I was there at the 2018 final when he when he set his world record there. It was electric. Uh, you know, he's training out here in the U.S. now with Georgia, which you know could be a result of the fact that he's not swimming in the ISL anymore. But just a lot of interesting stuff going on with this guy, with his career. Um, you know, he was the highest ranked swimmer, I believe, in MVP standings. So I think he did have an extra match there to rack up those points. But I mean, that's the clear. Um, they a clear answer on the men's side, in my opinion. On the women's side, uh, I believe the top ranked swimmer to miss out would be Abby Wood, who is six overall in um, MVP standings. And, um, you know, obviously I don't have the personal connection of, of watching her race there, but uh, that's a high ranked pick to, to be missing out. And with that, I pose a potential rule change in the ISL, given their flexibility generally around who's on the roster and when they have to swim. Do we think it's feasible in coming years that there could be a draft of the all eliminated team ahead of the playoffs. So for example, does the worst ranked team in the regular season get to come out and find a way to draft Diaseto onto their playoff squad at this point? Anyone else think that would be exciting? I feel like with what we've seen, what will end up happening if that rule ever gets adopted is that Diaseto somehow ends up on Cali or energy yeah. standard again. <laughs> uh, because, you know, or, or Abby Wood goes to Cali or maybe London. Um, I guess London would be an appropriate place for her. Um, we, we've kind of seen, seen these sorts of shenanigans play out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's always going to be sad in, in the playoffs where we don't see these people. I mean, I'm, I'm sure uh, Rowdy Gaines is especially crushed that, that Abby Wood is staying home. Um, and and we, we got to see in the play match a great, you know, 400 IM between her and Anderson. And and Yui Hashi, right? They were all in that race, um, and that's always great to see, right? You want you want you want the top people uh, to compete, but that's that's just the way the playoffs work. Someone's got to stay home. I feel like this would be such an ISL rule. <laughs> like that's it's... what I'm thinking. I mean, it's obviously absurd, but <laughs> so is like you know most of your team sitting out the season and then coming back for the playoffs. So it's just absurd enough to get their attention. I think uh, I feel like if I'm DC Trident and I can find a way for Diaseto to join my team to swim, you know, just to 400 IM or something, I should automatically win the league or something, you know, <laughs> some, some wild outcome. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly, it would, I feel like the teams obviously wouldn't like it who aren't benefiting as right. But like the top teams would be like, what? But and probably the GMs and coaches too, but from a fan's perspective, it's like, yeah, let's just, let's just get wild. Um, and then we get to see, you know, the best athletes swim more. So, I mean, probably, it. probably slightly less outrageous would simply to be have like a, 
like an all home team, right? So not not put them on other teams, but rather put them each on their own team and have like a all star weekend kind of thing, uh, where where we can do you know something to that effect. <clears throat> that would that would be pretty great. Like the uh... no, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry, but yeah, I mean, I I think we'll definitely miss. The, the, some of these swimmers, it would, would have been great. Would have been great to see David Popovich get to swim in the ISL after he was drafted by the New York breakers. And I think he had said he would be go swim for the playoffs if his team made it. And then obviously they didn't just won his first big senior level title at short course euros and the tuner free went 142. That was exciting for him, but alas, we'll have to wait till some other meet i i which i assume is short course worlds but uh moving on our last big topic of the day <clears throat> is carol ostrowski as we mentioned from drury university in springfield missouri uh d2 school he's entered the transfer portal um our braden keith our editor mentioned this might be the fastest man to ever enter the NCAA transfer portal. Um, he, he's got yards bests of 18, nine, two in the 50 and 41, 25 in the hundred free. He's also got a 133 two in the 200 free. So not too shabby there. Um, Tori, you know, if in an ideal world, where do you see him landing or what, what do you think might be a good landing spot for Carol? I feel deep in my soul that this guy's going to end up at Cal. They lost Ryan Hoffer. They previously went out and got Hugo Gonzalez in a similar situation. Uh, they're needing a little boost to take on Texas. I feel like it's happening. They had, um, sorry if I'm butchering this name, but Paul Sendik in previous years also mm-hmm. of Poland also did extremely well at Cal. So there's some kind of connection there. Uh, I saw commenters throwing at NC State because they also have a few Polish guys. Um, totally reasonable as well. I just... I just have that feeling. I, I think Dave Durden's on this. I think we're going to see him in Berkeley, provided that the academics are reasonably there. Who is that other? Didn't Cal previously also acquire like a D2, the really top D2 flyer? His name's also escaping me at the moment. Joseph, Matthew Joseph. Yeah. So yeah. they've. Yep. Good call. <clears throat> um, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He swam at Queens. I basically through Olympic trials, I think he, he was still able to work with David Marsh, who was his club coach. And, and in some way, you know, he was still in Charlotte um, during that time period. And then after Olympic trials in 2016, went to Cal for two years uh, and then trained there post-grad also as well. But yeah, certainly had some success there with them. I, I feel like NC state would would be a good spot just because they're high energy, but I would love so much for him to go to like a Tennessee or like, you know, so like uh, maybe not Arizona state, nothing against, but like they kind of have some name recognition, but you know, just like a top 10 to 20 school. That's like, you wouldn't expect it at all and kind of throws everyone for a loop. And for whatever reason, he, he finds success there and maybe puts some other program on the map that, they could really use a boost. Uh, but that's pure speculation. I don't know where he's going. You're, I, I feel like Cal is a really good guess. This is when we turn on Google alerts, because I believe when it was Hugo in the transfer portal and we didn't know where he was going, I think it was a Spanish outlet that actually broke the rumors, which was fun. <laughs> so uh, time to do some, do some Google alerts. 
dude, seriously. Uh, so, so we'll see where Carol ends up. I'm going to be in Springfield this week to do a practice with Carol and the rest of the jury team. So stay tuned for that. And with that, it is time to play our favorite game show on the swim, swim, breakdown, sink or swim. First up on sink or swim this week, uh, Beryl Gastadello, an, an ISL star who for the LA current will be competing in the ISL playoffs announced. She will now be training with Coley Stickles. Uh, don't know where, because we don't know if Coley's has a coaching job. He was with the Tokyo frog Kings. They're now no longer in the playoffs. So we don't know what Coley's deal is yet. Do do we think that this will last until Beryl's home Olympics in Paris in 2024? I'm going to swim this. Like you said, we don't know a lot about the situation. Um, (laughs) That phase is really throwing me off, but uh, we don't know a lot about the situation, but my guess, knowing absolutely nothing, is that Coley is setting up some kind of pro hub somewhere. I doubt it's just Beryl and Coley at, you know, their local YMCA. Like I, he probably has something in the works. We don't know what that is. Um, it, it, it can't be as random as it feels is my gut instinct. They might have a connection, uh, something we don't know. And because of that, I'm going to swim it. It just feels too random to truly be that random. If you know what I mean. Okay. Yeah. I, th- I think that's a good argument. What do you think Barry? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd swim it, you know, she, her season two ISL was just, you know, she was a total star. Um, and this season has not quite been up to, up to that level. And so maybe, maybe this is just like a, a change of pace that she needs. Um, you know, she's the second person to leave, uh, that, that group after, after Cassis. And so, you know, maybe, maybe this is what she needs and it'll, it'll work out for her. Um, and what, what do I know? Uh, nothing really. I'm sinking it. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think there's any way this last three years. I just, I, I feel like Coley has been, has had too bumpy of a ride, um, with his, you know, leaving Indiana, his departure from Alabama. We just, we don't know what's going on. I don't think it'll last three years. Uh, but we'll see. <laughs> and, and we don't know anything more than that. I hope I get to do a practice in pancakes with them. I would love to see what they're up to. Um, but especially with his latest pro group at Alabama kind of disbanding and everyone else going in their separate directions. I don't see it, but again, shortened Olympic cycle. Who's to say it's like two and a half years at this point. So, all right. We talked about Adam Peaty getting kicked off the dance show. He's his dance shoes are retired. Will he come back for the ISL playoffs? I'm swimming it mostly just out of pure intrigue about what this did to his training. If going on, uh, celebrity dance shows is now a new, a new post-Olympics tactic that other swimmers might, you know, follow suit in. Um, I feel like it'd be bad for his brand to not show up too. It just, you know, he's all about that as his new book is called the gladiator mindset. You know, you got to persevere, show up to swim when your team needs you. Um, he could be the difference maybe between them advancing to the final and not as we previously discussed. So I think it would be good for his career. Good for the team good for him overall just to, to show up. And I think it will happen. Barry. Yeah. I mean, I gotta, I gotta swim him showing up. I mean, he's got uh, a lion tattoo. I mean, if that is not, he, if he is not like the representative of the London roar, then I don't know. I don't know who, who would be. Um, and I think, I think if he doesn't show that's, 
that's kind of like a weird move. Um, it, it doesn't even matter to what extent like he's he's in shape or not. They clearly need a breaststroker, and he is so far ahead of uh, what they have right now when he's in shape that I gotta imagine that even even if he hasn't stepped into the pool in a month, he's probably still their their best option there. Uh, so yeah, I, I I gotta swim it. Um, I I would be disappointed if he if he didn't show up. I feel like whatever shape he's in, he could probably poop out a top 300 breasts, 50 breasts, whenever, uh, I'm swimming it. And I think solely because he's going to go so he can promote his book, <laughs> the gladiator mindset, as Tori alluded to that just came out. Uh, I think he's, he's doing that so that people, he, he'll get his name back out there and people will buy his book. That's what I think. <laughs> uh, moving on, we saw Texas and Virginia, uh, go head to head men's and women's teams, which I feel like is one of the first times maybe ever we've seen the defending men and women teams battle like at the same meet, which I thought was super cool. I guess maybe the year Arizona men and women both won the year after, I guess that would have happened a lot for them, but any, anyway, uh, so we saw some really fast times at dual meet. Do we think Texas men after this weekend uh, will repeat as NCAA champions? How can we not at this point is, is kind of where I'm at. I mean, Carson Foster drops a 440.5-ish 400, or sorry, 340.5-ish 400 IM. I mean, what? I just, we have nothing to prove right now that they're not going to win. I think they've shown all signs that they're back in full force. Uh, you know, Carson may be a little hungry after missing out on the Olympic team. Not that one dude can, you know, carry the entire team, but just how can we vote against that right now? Barry, what are you thinking? Texas men repeating as NCAA champs? Yeah, I feel like it's almost boring just to say yes, because I don't know what else you can say. But, uh, you know, maybe maybe Carl Ostrowski goes to Cal and then and then the Cal men uh, can can do something much more interesting. Um, but for now, I don't I don't know how you could how you could bet against them. They just seem so far ahead of everyone else. I'm betting against him. I think, uh, I think Cal can do it. I, to me, and this is not based on numbers, so it could be horribly drastically wrong. I think Texas has a lot of good top end. I don't think they have quite the depth that Cal will at NCAAs. I think Cal has some sleepers that could really show up like, uh, like a Jack Alexi who is on the national team, dropped 48 long course, hundred free. You know, he's a freshman. He's still getting his legs under him. Cal doesn't usually swim super fast in season. Neither does Texas, but now this year, apparently they are. But I think, I think Texas's top times are overshadowing the fact that their, their depth isn't going to be quite as, as deep as Cal's, but that could be wrong. Luckily, we're we're gonna get to see them both swim uh, suited up at the Minnesota Invite, so we'll have some good data points from that one. Um, and same question for the women: Do we see UVA repeating as the women's champions this uh, season, especially after you know pretty pretty convincing win over the Texas women who were third last year? Yeah, I think these the Virginia women and the Texas men are in a pretty similar situation after this weekend where it's like, somebody give me a reason why not to swim them winning again. I mean, the one-two punch of uh, Emma Wyatt, Gretchen Walsh, pretty incredible. And that's not even really scratching the surface of all of the big games they have over there right now. Some incredible times this weekend, like the Texas men. Um, yeah, 
Stanford is, you know, on notice now to, to put up some times, but they might not care at this point in the season. Yeah. I mean, Texas women look great too. Uh, so maybe this is, this is where they start turning the corner and maybe we'll see a, a much more competitive Texas women uh, come around the season. And maybe, maybe Stanford also does something more interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, UVA look great. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to be boring and go for the repeat repeat on both sides. I can't, I can't fault you that much, but I'm sinking again. I do think that we know Virginia swims hecka fast in season. That is like their thing. They swim hecka fast in, in, uh, in taper meets too, but you know, they, they go out front and stay out front. I was the most surprising part about like team battles to me this weekend was that it was a two day dual meet. And after day one, I think Virginia were women had the lead over Texas women by a point, um, which was, was shocking to me, you know, that the Texas women were that close on day two, Virginia pulled away. They, they won the meet by a significant margin. Um, but I didn't see that coming and I was like, okay. So Barry, like you said, like Texas women kind of seems like they're turning a corner. Um, I think Stanford's Olympic talent is, uh, is sleeping. And we're going to see them a little bit in uh, Greensboro uh, in a couple weeks as we see the UVA women. Like the UVA women, can't, like can't go that much faster on paper. I guess in theory they can, but um, I think I think Stanford women are going to surprise a little. I think in NCAA's they're going to really pop out of their shells and get their title back from UVA. But that's just me. And with that, that's the, that's the, that's this week in swimming. Do we miss anything guys? Do you have anything to contribute before we sign off today? All I'm thinking is that you're on the clock to break this Ostrowski transfer news, Coleman. <laughs> you're going to be there first. Now's your chance. I'll have, I'll have a deep chat with him. I, uh, I knew this because I g- swam in high school with, uh, one of his coaches. <clears throat> and so, uh, I'm actually sleeping on his couch when I go down to Springfield. We're gonna have a, we're gonna have a powwow. So uh, you know, we'll we'll see if I get any intel. I'll do my best. Uh, but so so this is uh, this is this week's news in swimming. Tune in every week to the swim swim breakdown for your top news in swimming. <laughs>